Welcome to the Pure Golf Collective. We are your hosts, Carter Bennett and John Roy. Together through this, we bring a new lens on themes of development, performance, and process. The idea of the collective is to investigate and celebrate the intrinsic values of golfers and the obsession to the purity of the game. The collective is not just who we hear on this podcast, but any person invested into growth and connection to golf. We are golfers celebrating all that is pure in the game we love. Welcome back. It is episode five of round two of the Pure Golf Collective. Today, John is sitting down with a previous guest of ours, Wayne Morden, who in round one shared some of his insights on golf around the world, golf travel, as his company is taking groups on experiences to different places in the world to experience golf and the other things that those places have to offer. Before we get into it, this past weekend, the PNC Championship, I know Tiger is everywhere and uh, it sucks to almost have to use him for for content for us. But as a, as a Tiger fan and again, as a someone that, that grew up watching Tiger, idolizing Tiger, I think seeing him in this space is such a profound change in perception of who this person is. The old man. Um, the old man and his young son just being dad like yeah. re- i think genuinely being dad like there's i i'm sure there's some putting on a show and you know lowering his expectations of just coming back getting back to healthy and stuff like that but he's out there competing with his son his son clearly has a passion similar to dad it, and you could just see the the joy that the two of them were having not to just single out tiger and charlie um, yeah, because the Saints the, are the cool whole, and all the that whole stuff's event, cool. Yeah. The whole yeah. event is, is so cool. You know, Nellie Corda's out there with her dad too. And I think that event is, speaks to so much of what we are suggesting to uh, in our collective or in the collective of, you know, this game. There's so many reasons why we do it. And it's not just the the paycheck. It's not just shooting the low scores, but there is the the, the connection to friends and family um, and it's just so cool to see that on on the national t- TV and people embracing it. Um, and then just seeing this this dude that's like, you know, up on a pedestal that, you know what, he's just just another one of us. You know, as Hamlet would say, seems, seems, Madam Nay, it is, I know not seems, you know, it's the, uh, I hope it's not Donald Trump and his wife on TV pretending to be married. Yeah. Um, and, and you always wonder, and I, I always wonder, I'm a little bit cynic and I don't mean to bring that in only, only to counterbalance your enthusiasm, you know, to sort of say, yeah, interesting. I wonder though, you know, is it genuine and, and so on? Uh, it's easy for us to, to say that Charlie loves it. I mean, how the hell could we know? It's so refreshing. If it is true, man, it feels good. Like to see that, let's put it that way. I just hope it's not, not true or whatever. I think is more my emotion in it. Um, because like you, it does feel like, a a more lovable tiger as well and a more like uh, I have much more empathy for sure there's a little then, bit of uh, there's always going to be some show because there's literally cameras everywhere yeah um, and they know so, that right is, is yeah. all I'm saying and, and all that stuff which is fine and and, and again I, I don't wish that um, celebrity life on anyone to be honest you know like it's it's got mm-hmm. challenges and, and so on in there the other side is you know when you ask someone I get new clients you know and you say what do you love about golf the cross-generational component is pretty much unanimous. Mm-hmm. 
I love the fact that I can play with my kid and my dad, that yeah. like three generations can tee it up together. You can't do that in basketball is the joke. You can't do that in volleyball is the joke, you know, or whatever, like great, causing great Monty Python images there. Is, imagine doing other sports in the same way across generations. Um, but in this, you know, it, honestly, I must admit it, and it came up again yesterday with a, with a new uh, player that I was working with where it was a dad and a son coming together. It's a perfect you know, metaphor for the PNC here, you know. Then, uh, man, it was like just a lot of fun to hang out with a dad and his kid and they were just joking and I'm sure they had a nice drive home and went and got a hot chocolate and did all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it was kind of a cool experience. Was yep, like, certainly was. And for me, as I've suggested before, the one of the main reasons why I do what I do now and the passion for this game that I have is because of of my dad and uh, the the family aspect to this game that it presents and that's something that uh, I hold much value in and so does my family and this is one of the reasons why I still play with my family to this day and try to make sure that's a, a regular occurrence. I think this is a great point to segue into the discussion with Wayne as we're talking about you know all the reasons why particularly I love this game but with Wayne we can dive a little bit deeper into some of the other reasons why people love the game and Wayne and his perspective and outlook on the game of golf as he has vast experience and, and knowledge to the game in different cultures and parts of the world and here's the discussion with Wayne Morden. Hi Wayne. How are you John? Thanks for, I'm very well thanks nice to see you again. Nice to reconnect with you. Uh, we thought it would be nice to have you back and talk a little bit more about uh, some of the themes that, firstly, we, we breached last year about the joys of the game and, uh, and, and so on. But maybe before we go there, Wayne, if that's comfortable for you, what's been your story here over the past year? Very repetitive from the golf travel perspective. Um, very much the same as last year, although we did get a couple trips. Cool. You know, we were fortunate. Uh, we have a European client who went from the Netherlands and played golf in Ireland. Yeah. And Ireland had uh, Ireland was probably in better shape than Scotland um, and the UK, and so there was that. And of course, we we tried to do more domestic, uh, kind of a shift to get more domestic travel. Of course, had to go through cancellations on that. But uh, you know, next year looks very good. A lot of people have to postpone one year, two year into next year. There's a bit more positive vibe because uh, over the last couple of years, we're getting requests for net new trips next year rather than canceling or postponing and uh something that you would appreciate i was at stream song resort in naples last you know over a week ago so that was my first voyage into the united states and florida has <laughs> certainly uh kind of open for business uh yeah. the mass were there but what was nice it was quite a process and we're seeing the united states open today it was good to finally travel and people were golfing. And so uh, I think there's a new frontier of positive vibes going on that golf is coming. So it was, it was a tough goal, but again, um, I think we're moving through and it's, it's looking more positive. So thanks for asking. Yeah, no worries. Exactly. Obviously for those who may not know your, your, your business and, and love and craft are revolving around sort of golf and travel and, and uh, and our discussion last year sort of circled around the lore of 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 travel and golf. We'll go back into that space a little sure. bit as well. But just to kind of finish off the the where are we now or what's happened here over the past year, I guess in your case there would be a pent up uh, enthusiasm for golf and travel more more than perhaps at any other time in in recent memory. That's that's true. And what we saw over the pandemic was a shift to golf being cool again. I think you and I spoke about that. That was hard yeah. to get tea times where before you weren't. Yeah. 
So golf has exploded and you're seeing that from uh, growth of women golfers to the kids to family golf and people are golfing and it was one of those pandemic sports that people could come. And of course, I just explained how golf travel was kind of gone the opposite way. But now next year, you're going to have a collision of forces. You're going to have people pent up to go travel and they're going to go to Ireland, Scotland and these different places. And I think golf is going to continue to be a busy sport for people to to do so next year i think people are they are going to travel and they're going to go to different destinations we have people going to spain and portugal um and and also um i, I think people want to look at it could be short trips of golf uh, you could be seeing more people staying domestically whether you're canadians saying i've had some people say i want to stay in canada i'm still a bit unsure so phase so yes uh i think Golf for travel and golf on golf courses uh, look like a big year next year. Could you describe a little bit more then? I mean, so there's this this beautiful recognition of the openness of the game, but then there's a person trying to manage a group of people into uh, enjoying the openness while hitting deadlines and being on time. Uh, can you speak a little bit to that delicate balance? Yeah, and that's why you need a group leader, someone who's a dictator and saying, this is what we're going to do with some inner circle people. And yeah. I think the the way we thrive, at least Athlon Golf and Sports, is we don't focus on the package product. We're on the the custom, so we get very much uh, interaction uh, with the group leader. Now, the the coach driver becomes the glue, especially on those trips. Is you have the self drive versus the coach, and the coach he he's the one who keeps people on time. You, you can't the appreciate anchor. when you're driving on the wrong side of the road and branches. I remember going through Northern Ireland where branches are hitting the, and you're, and you're going like no concept. And of course you can have beers and in the, in the, uh, the, the card tables and everything. And so there, there is a structure to making sure you give them lots of time. And usually you want to try to get them half an hour in advance versus the self-drive, which is very different. And then they're kind of in control of getting to the places at that time. But yeah, there's a lot of moving pieces. The golf tour operator, I think there's, people don't often know we exist. We're probably uh, not very good at marketing and we should, but there's a lot of moving pieces, especially when you're going to Ireland and Scotland is, you know, you have your time changes, you have uh, caddy bookings, um, you know, certain days of the week where you can't play. Like one of the great things about it that we can't in Canada, and I may mention last time was you get access to these great golf courses, whether it's Muirfield or that they're, they're actually private golf clubs that are opening up to public. So we, we kind of know what days of the week that you can play. And of course we're, you know, Saturdays are tough to get tee times like any private club. So you, you kind of want to avoid Saturdays. So golf tour operators kind of know that, get them the land, where Saturday is a travel day um, and also times of the day of when it's best to play. And sometimes there's a, an extra short course on that that they didn't know about. Like there's a great band course, the nine holer at Castle Rock in Northern Ireland. I, I've actually sold people on the concept of going and they didn't know it existed. So I, there's some of this intellectual capital that I have or we have to, to, to mention that. And, you know, we do, we focus a lot on the ground which is the transportation, the accommodations, the golf, caddies, whiskey distillery. Um, our strategic partner is Maritime Travel, which is the largest independent travel agency across Canada. And uh, what we're seeing more is people getting travel insurance. We highly mm -hmm. recommend people, especially in the new world, to do it. And if 
most people want to book their, their flights on points or do it themselves. And so what we do is if someone needs that piece, we can connect them to maritime travel. So we take all the work. There's a lot of time investment. Uh, some, sometimes you're paying more, uh, but it, uh, to a lot of people is they should focus on the trip. They should focus mm-hmm. on the enjoyment of the trip with their friends and let us handle all the details and, there's a lot of shifting pieces and we don't want to tell them about some of the stuff that we have to do. Um, but I think people need to reach out, I think, to tour operators when they feel they have bigger groups or they don't want to deal with it. There's a lot of moving pieces or they want to say, boy, you you have information that I, I wouldn't have known about. Are there a lot of tour operators who are Canadian based? No, there's not. There's not a lot of golf tour operators in Canada. I don't know why. You know, I certainly see a lot from Germany and different countries. And um, so there's not. And I think um, maybe it's because the Scottish tour operators and others are on the ground there. But we find that people want to deal with Wayne Morton and and a Canadian company in the time frame. And uh, also it's back to if you have a, a coach company that they're they're actually integral to making that happen yeah, of clearly. course we follow up with them to make sure it's going well in a in a travel world are there certain archetypes of golfers are there certain demographics that that lend themselves more to this uh type of thing um and have you been able to sort of distinguish certain categories there there's a type of trip that we do for these people and you mentioned it a little bit already that people will go as couples or will go individually or in small groups and so on you know what types of people like the big trips and and maybe haven't thought about it yet and what what, what types of people like different styles of trips they're, they tend to be the older people who actually have money. Uh, they've always wanted to go on the trip. They're busy. Their kids are now in university, empty mm-hmm. nesters, businessmen who are very stressed out, looking at spreadsheets and dealing with uh, with shareholders and saying that I got to get away. Um, you know, a lot of people love golf, and this is a a mindset of being. I've always said being like a kid again, and everyone's equal. Uh, whatever your job is back home. I find in my Verma Cup group that I'm going next May to Western Scotland Islands is you have doctors and and lawyers and businessmen, but we're all kind of the old days of what made us such good friends is that it was the past and we we get to retell our stories and they never get old. Um, so it tends to be that uh, the older generation. But one of the things that I struck a conversation with Martin Stewart is John, as you know, Queens won the OUs. It was great uh, stuff, and John was on, and he celebrated. As we started talking about, you know, we we've been doing this, what we call the Chewy Open, uh, for 23 years, and it started in Myrtle Beach. Is start small, get the young people to go on a short trip. You know, we talk to Niagara Falls, or, or yes. just go for two or three days, have a trip with your three best friends, and just say, isn't this kind of cool? And and make it a constant and part of your your fabric for moving forward. And then that will lead into grander trips or going across, you know, start Canada, then go maybe the U S and then do that Scotland trip. And I I'm very strong proponent of, you got to go to Scotland, Ireland once in your lifetime. You you have to play Lynx golf, not Lynx style, but true Lynx golf where you see the ocean and let the soul of the game come into you because it's, it's very different than doing the parkland golf carts you're walking wind that's the best beer you can taste afterwards let the soul of the game into you is an interesting 
takeoff point for a, an un, uh, yeah. unregistered, an unregistered question. But I guess if I speak to someone who does do these trips a fair bit and has had the the mists and, and enter their soul, what lessons come from that mist? Like, what is it? What is it teaching us about the game that we might not otherwise known if if we had never traveled there? I think it depends on the country you're you're playing golf in. Uh, uh, like your European, home country, or do you mean like where the mist yeah, is hitting you? I think the home country, and the reason why I say that is we're spoiled in North America. You know, when we our view of golf in a lot of ways is pampering, beautiful conditions, riding carts, everything's 150 yards, and you go, oh, I love golf and that. But when you go to Scotland and Ireland, and you don't see any trees on the Lynx courses, and you have these big bunkers. And there's no carts unless you have a medical certificate. And you have a caddy next to you saying, you're 150, but you're hitting a three iron. I call that artistry golf. So the soul of the game to me is you become an artist rather than a a process golfer. And so if you never go abroad there, you never feel what golf is. And also it's like the centuries old head, which a lot of people have heard down I mean, it's a new, it's not even a Lynx golf course. It's actually cliff top in the uh, genre of Pebble Beach. But the land, you can see where the Spanish Armada was. There's a Druid burial ground that you hit over. And then when you start thinking about the land you're on and the history, that's very different than playing at Coppinwood, which is a great course. But the soul of the game doesn't hit you there, but it does when you go abroad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Uh, and and that artistry of the game, um, it, do, do you feel that that's an overlooked component in the in the modern day as technology and and uh, and uh, evolution in in te- uh, technological advancements, um, agriculture, uh, so on and so forth? Do you feel that that's a, a lost art, as it were? Are you are you risking sounding anachronistic as you describe this? Um. We have to have our flavor and our perspective. I'm a traditionalist, and I've golfed since I was five years old, and I was always told to dress properly, which was another, you know, the dress, uh, call a person by the name, walk the golf course, respect the game, etiquette, no hats in the clubhouse. That's what I was, that was born. A lot of people haven't got that, so they don't know that. And then if you've never had a chance to do that Lynx golf, how do you know if it's better or worse? So if your mindset is about driving on a cart and drinking beer on the on the course, which they don't do in the UK and Ireland, right? It's about golf and it's about walk and it's pace of play, which is its own thing, right? They they just they detest that North Americans take four and a half to five hours. Their concept is match play, three and a half, four hours. So when you start adding and go and see what I'm doing here is comparing what golf is. What's the definition of golf? Once I go to Ireland or Scotland and I, I pull my guys, I go, what would you prefer to play? And a lot of them say the links, but if I don't show them, they don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's clear. And if I, you just interesting segue there to the, to the idea of wardrobe in the modern game, yes. just as, just, just as the point we could pick up on, I, I don't mean to pick on wardrobe only to say, Hey, by the way, you know, so it must bother you that guys are wearing hoodies as you go back to the voice of your father telling you to dress properly for the golf course and, and so on. Or exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because you probably heard the Terrell Hatton concept, yeah. right? Yeah. That correct. Came out on, for instance. On that and I had to wear it, right? Is that, I think I, I'd like to get your view on you're younger than I am. Um, right. Maybe more wise or maybe better on the pulse 
because you deal with juniors and you see it. So, but you're at a private club versus public. Yeah. What's your concept of uh, the the hoodie and all those other, you know, the dress code? Yeah, I'm I'm a I'm old school though, and I I, I risk myself being somewhat anachronistic, um, very mm. much tied tied to the to the older values of the sport. You know, based based especially around respect, respect for course, respect for others, and so on. And so the idea of a uniform to me makes a lot of sense actually, where we kind of subdue our individuality temporarily, you know, to get on with the group and to make the group flourish in a more, so that everyone has space to be themselves, but that it's not sure. shown through our feathers. Um, so for me, for me, a big challenge I have with the hoodies and the jeans and, and, and an untucked shirt and so on, it's just that it contravenes mm. what I would argue is the, the history and spirit of the game. Now, of course, things change, and I and I do work with with kids, and I also pride myself as a coach of being open minded and 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 tolerant of of difference and perspective and and so on. And so, you know, I I think it's compelling to listen to people try to justify it. I like I like the act of critical thinking that's going on as they as they try to make good reasons for why they would do it. But but if the reasons aren't strong, I have trouble I have trouble going along with it. Uh, and I have yet to hear very compelling reasons for why we would need a hoodie. <laughs> or why we would why we would well, need to wear I, jeans. I, I I'm in your camp, but it's it's interesting. Like the the younger generation of saying golf should bend to what I want, um, yeah. and I was always the opposite. Is I want Correct. to the game, and I think you yeah, that's a good I way of putting it. But it also yeah. touches upon you're at a, an exclusive, beautiful private club. Then there's the public course, and it, and if they want to, if they're willing to open up their dress code, I'm fine with that. But mm -hmm. I think private golf clubs should have the chance to set that rule. And I, I don't see any problem in having golf sit on a, a higher plane than other sports and games. And sure. honestly, is it that, you know, one guy I know that got in the press that he was told to wear black socks rather than white or reverse. So I'm saying just change the socks, you know, and it's, yeah. it's like people want to make a big deal out of it and then post it on social media is that it's not a big deal. Just, yeah. just do it. And and there's a reason why there it's back to traditions and history. Go to Royal Dornick and go to the old course and going, you got to soak it in and say, this thing's being is larger than you are. Stop having it about you and start respecting uh, what it's about from the, the perspective of the, the club. Yeah. I guess there's deeper ripples to it all, you know, philosophically, I guess, because traditions at times are founded upon, troublesome values and and perhaps you know there is a there is a call in some in some areas of life where we need to evolve and, and move away from things we used to do but in others yes. you know and, and particularly in this context anyway i don't i don't think it's too hard for us to just think about it a little bit and like you say realize that this this is not that not doing anyone any harm and there's no there's no there's no danger in this type of work and we're not trying to profess any any deep scars that might have come from you know having a private club in a neighborhood that that uh, was challenging for for a couple of years of its history um for the fact that it, it, it didn't allow a female member for instance as part of its history or, or so on and so forth i mean we we evolve i think very logically over time and and we've we've brought the game along while holding on to the traditions though i i believe that to be uh, to, to be very important but you know they sure. always have to go through the ringer and i think we have to reassess as we're going for me to, to get more specific on the question, you know, the hoodies and the jeans aren't, I'm not buying it yet. You know what I mean? Whereas <laughs> I do believe that we, we should allow any, any member in no problem. I mean, that just makes too much sense. And maybe that's a generational thing, but as generations come and go, we start to bring uh, different perspectives with us. You know, what's, what's the best argument you have heard, John, on why you should be able to just freedom of, ex one. 
freedom of expression. Freedom of That's expression. a it's a compelling it's a compelling argument. Uh, you know, like there is, uh, I should be able to to say and be who I want to be. <laughs> uh, you know, but that's the, that's a tough one, right? You can't go to the hockey rink and not wear a helmet. Uh, you can't, you know, and stuff like that. There's certain certain norms that we have to follow to to kind of get along and to make sure that everyone kind of plays by the same rules and and all of those kind of things. And I think that's that's important as well. There's a fine line there. I don't know that the hoodie gives any competitive advantage, but there will be a piece of clothing that does soon. And we're yes. going to have to put, and we're going to have to put that up against the ringer and, and say, is this fair? Is it fair to wear sleeves well, that well, lock remember, our elbows or something like that? Well, remember the mock shirt from Tiger, sure. you know, the, the yeah. collared shirt, and yeah. he moved it on there, and and that's that's kind of a gray zone. But then, was it because it was Tiger or because right. it was time to change, which yeah. has its own thing? Huh. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, like for instance, as a silly one when I was growing up, was the knee high sock. Yes. You know, so I got my nice shorts on, which might have been too short, and I would have been sent home that day. Uh, but when they were the right length of short, but I also had to have a knee-high sock properly folded, and so on. You know, you, you wonder about those sometimes. And I guess there's there is an acceptance of the ankle sock now that uh, that yes. wasn't there when we were younger, for instance. Um, and I and I don't have too much trouble with that one. Uh, and so and so, who knows? Maybe 25 years from now, the hoodie might be something. And as you're sporting a hoodie now that I didn't even know was on you, you know what I mean? Like it's it's at least a subtle advancement. Yeah, it is. Um, but the, 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 the untucked and the gene and the hat backwards and the radio plane in the cart and all of those kind of changes are, are troubling to me, the traditionalist, I'll be honest. So do you, uh, so let's segue on technology on a golf course. Uh, you know, we, we've heard Greg Norman is creating this special premier league, but he's also a big, uh, big advocate of the shark experience where you have a cart and you have the GPS system and you plug in your phones and you're you're competing with the people and then the music like music you know that's that's seeping in uh you know i i even in out west cologne at the local club someone had their it wasn't loud but i also find it it, it is intrusive to to me because one of the things and the reason why i go to golf is quiet i want to get away from the ding of sounds and and that is that I want to look at the, you know, there's a bald eagle that's on one of our holes, which is kind of neat and look up, up, up there and you, you hear the, the birds and I want nature sounds rather than civilizations and, and want to know how, how you fit on that. Yeah, I guess exactly. It ties so much to why we play. And, and I guess, unfortunately for us old schoolers, there might be a different definition of that in the next generation or in yes. the, the, the newer generation that's coming to the game. Or, or what have you. And so I guess we have to be tolerant of that idea, but that still doesn't mean I like it. Uh, and I would say that I don't, I don't like it. And I, for the same reasons as you, one of the, one of the joys of the game is the open space yes. connection, the connection with nature and the interesting solitude or existentialism that comes from the sport. And I think that's, that's severely hampered when we plug into the societal pressures and, and voices that, that we're, seemingly escaping at least in my view and so i i think it's important to have a, a wall up that leaves that side of the world out and uh, certainly i i don't want to see the phone while i play i don't want to hear the music while i play it's a it's a different thing i'm, I'm here for a reason no i uh, i agree totally the oasis and, yeah yeah exactly you know, the golf trip that i was saying in scotland is 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 that escape in fact it's the small sandwiches and the beer and it's the conversation and it's the walking of the golf course it's looking at a course that's 150 or 400 years old. It's almost like taking us back in time before the cell phone and digital technology. 
And there's something very appealing to that to me. And it actually reminds me of my youth. And there's nothing wrong with having those memories. And I know all this shark experience. And, you know, I think the range finder is, is a fine tool. And it's, and it's good. But if you took the range finder and all the technology and you just golfed and walked with your best friends, you don't really, you're not going to miss it as much as you think. Yeah, I, uh, exactly. Like for instance, I don't, I don't like the rangefinder very much. Even it, it's one, oh, of the, and I, and I'm not claiming that I'm right in any of this. I'm only suggest. I'm just being honest to your to your question, right? Which is yeah. So like rangefinders, I don't like. I I really like as a bad memory of a golf round, uh, playing uh, with someone who was on their phone the whole time. You know, like yes. you know, re- responding to emails and and you know, yep. essentially was neither here nor there. Was was still in the airport in between two places as yes. they played the game. And I, I think that the game is a central part of the game is it's asking us to be here right now. Well, I also and, think, and it, and it actually plays in well. Like, so in other words, I'm here and you're in the camp of zero technology on the golf close, course. Close. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I guess I give that, that person the range finder. I will ask for range finders, but in the past I didn't, I just sized up as 170 and you want, most golfers aren't good enough to know the difference between 163 and 168. And, and, you know, you got to start looking at, and, and I'm a field golfer uh, where I can go, geez, I just feel amped up. So I'm going to, I'm going to alter that versus a lot of people are set on, on the length and everything, but you could, and I think walking, you know, we haven't addressed the walking cart thing. And, you know, some of the golf courses were developed with the cart in mind. Tower Ranch out in Kelowna is a beautiful course, but I got into it where they're forcing you to take a cart. And they designed the course for a cart. I think that's wrong. I mean, it's just, I think a, a golf course should have the option to ride a power cart or to walk. But the, we, we grew that market where it's all about making it hard and long rides from one tee to the green. And, and we got away with it. So you're starting to see more of the fun golf. Like Stream Song example is like, it had undulations up and down, You walk, but you walked. And we had a caddy one day, which was very cool. So that was kind of like being in Scotland. And I went, they're building those courses, Crenshaw and Coor and Doak and those guys are going to that minimalist of wide fairways, fairways where you're not losing six balls around, which we did in, in Naples when we played these this really difficult course by Jack Nicholas Corks, Corkscrew. But I think, I think uh, as well, like a touch point on it, you know, the golf cart, of course, is a commercial enterprise that, that brings yes. great, re- great revenues to people. Its motivation, its place in the game is not because, you know, the spirit of the game that penetrates, like you described for, with a trip to the UK for golf. It's not because any of that. It's, it's the opposite of that. It's, it's because we thought we could make more money if we also can sell this too. And I think that's a, a, a good reason for not believing in that reason, um, just simply because the motivation for it is so, so awkward and commodified. Um, and I think that that's a, that's a danger in this sport. I mean, it makes sense. And I guess in fairness, Tower Ranch, I think you called it, you know, has a right to build whatever they'd like to build. And Wayne doesn't have to go to it. You know, there is right. that, rea- that's a reality, of course, and that's fine. Sure. But as a trend for someone like you who has his finger on the pulse of trends in the game and is literally, you know, mm-hmm. all over the world listening to this pulse, I guess it would be a little disconcerting to a traditionalist like you to see that trend. Well, and then, well, also, I mean, I just talked about stream song, you walk and you have caddies. You have Cabot, it's walking only, caddies, Bandon, caddies, walking. And people have to understand that, why are those Mammoth Dunes and Sand Valley? Uh, why are they be, being the pilgrimage to go to these courses? What's appealing 
to people when they know they have to walk. Mm-hmm. They have to walk because you're you're walking. When you're walking, you're connected to the ground versus and also I think you're put in the two silos when you're on carts. You're talking to that person beside you, roar up, but you're not interacting. I, I like the collision of four people uh when you're walking because it's not like you're set in these two groups until you meet the green. And also these courses that Mike Kaiser has developed, he's he's on the pulse of People like that. Gamble Sands is a terrific course just about three hours south of me in Washington. And it's fun golf. You hit a slot and you can go uh, 70 yards. And there's a great course out here called Sagebrush that's reopened mm-hmm. after seven years. And that's fun, interesting golf. Now you have to ride a, do a, a cart. But I think what people need to do is they have to realize there's a trend going on about walking. Walking is kind of back into it and people are appreciating it. And I think, uh, the car, again, the cart... Uh, is needed by some people, the older people or people have health issues. But it also wiped out a lot of the caddy programs. John, you know that. Like Victoria Golf Club, Hamilton Golf Club. uh, There's not a lot left that have those. And when I was a junior, I caddied. I wasn't a pro, but I I caddied. There were caddy programs. It gets the youth into it. They're out golfing. And you go, where are those? And, And it's hard to kind of put the power card off and start, but why are we not at least bringing some of the juniors to have them caddy to get them in the game and having people walk again? Oh boy. The, uh, the history of literature, I guess, studies this very thing, this very <laughs> challenge between uh, the modern technology and the old school views. I, my, my kids have a paper route, for instance, in this small town that you know, well, and uh, you know, what a great idea, right? Deliver papers door to door. They've got a job, yes. they've got responsibility, you know, but lo and behold, uh, the the news is is on our tablets isn't it yes. and uh, and and we don't really need that paper anymore and i that's the only fear i guess i have is 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 that you know good ideas are being extinguished by this commodification this this commercialization in general anyway my first instinct is to kind of rebel against or or resist that yes. that trend um having said that i'm tolerant to the fact that some things do endure and survive and it's probably a good idea that at least those things are challenging us critically to think about those traditions that we have and, and whether or not we want to keep them. Sure. Interesting side notes to that as well. One of one topical issue that'll come up um, through the podcast, I'm sure this year is the idea of the green reading materials. And I'm, you know, this is at a, a higher competitive level. We're speaking to perhaps not necessarily the demographic that goes on all of your trips, but some of them, those Ryder cup trips and so on. There is this question as to whether or not, you know, the skills of the game can be overtaken by technological uh, tools. For instance, if I had a book or as we see now apps that we can layer onto the green that tell us precisely where to aim it because it's got a level built in and it's got the mathematics of the aim point system behind it. Um, I choose aim point as an arbitrary moniker. It, it could be any of the descriptions you have, a vector and an aim point and a whatever green reading system you'd like to describe. They're all based around the same idea of gravity affects the role of a rock falling down a hill. And uh, and so if we could with, with uh, mechanical ease predict where the ball will fall, um, is this is this part of the game? And, and again, I'm I'm just being transported over and over in this conversation to you, breathing that air on that 13th hole by the ocean in Scotland, uh, where the the game is infusing your lungs with a new perspective, uh, the true spirit of the game. I think you said the soul of the game. Um, does does a green reading chart have any place in it? Are you proud of the fact that the game has been able to to I- extinguish <laughs> that that inclination? Yeah, I'm proud of, it and I, I don't see us ever having. Uh, 
green reading materials, especially when you're going over there. I think the GPS, uh, the, not the GPS, but the range finder, I think is the only tool that, that we've seen. And no one actually has come to me and said, Kamish, I want to use more technology. No one yeah. has ever done that. And, and right. that's, that's good. And now, uh, on the other hand, it was interesting. Um, you know, I told you at Stream Song, we played the red course with a caddy. And he probably saved me some strokes. But we also played the next day without the caddy. And we discussed whether we enjoyed one over the other. And, and the four of us kind of felt, and we all played pretty well in the second round, that we actually enjoyed that, you know, mine, we didn't have to pay the money to the yeah. uh, to the caddy. But we actually thought, you know, it was pretty cool because we didn't have any outsiders. It was the four of us. So, There's no judgment, as it were. Eh? I found that a little bit oh. with me when I had a caddy. There was too much maybe judgment or, or something involved. You know what? It's... I like it. I, I think um, it, it's good, but it also allows you to say you don't you don't necessarily need them. Mm -hmm. um, but again, it's kind of like the green reading. They are green readers, right? Like yeah. they're they're giving you that tool. They're telling you angles of attack. I remember yeah. doing that the old courses. He probably made me play better, but it also makes you think. Uh, he, he's he's more or less telling you what to do and you execute versus you're having to do it and execute when you're playing by yourself. But again, it's like the green, you're seeing the, the Bryson DeChambeau where it's like super techie guys versus guys who don't need that stuff. And are we getting too scientific, which is, I, I totally am against that because of where I sit in the camp. And so do you, mm -hmm. but you're going to have, we're going to have counter arguers about having this and that. And then, they want the app and they want to know exactly what, and then they want to know how many steps they've taken on the golf course. Right. Yeah. And I'm going, Oh my gosh, like we're getting too sophisticated. We're getting too much onto the metrics and apps here and apps there. Just go out and walk the course, enjoy the bald Eagle and, and play with your friends and stop worrying about all that stuff and get into the, uh, to the now. Yep. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, interesting to see where the game says stop like go no further we cannot break that uh and yet in other ways you know they'll let a, a the, the golf ball come out for instance and that was left fairly uncurtailed for a while and then now all of a sudden they're starting to feel like they have to stay stop and i say the game as if it's a personification of some some boardroom somewhere where they're protecting the the virtues of the game and so on and sure. i know it's a lot more organic than that is but but it's interesting to see that friction between you know trends in a in a more like like we see with clothing in the high school you know which you, when you it's just a great great image i have of looking back at old yearbooks and the high hairstyles oh, and yeah. all of the, you know there's evolution and it's necessary to the human experience no question but um but it's a it's a fine art itself right that idea of evolving while holding on to the to the traditions that 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 created the the foundation for this in the first place. Uh, I think a good thing too is three years ago when we're seeing the decline, golf course closures and people weren't golfing and you could get tee times. People are talking about golf again. Yeah. We're talking about traditionalism and and this sure, and perfect, exactly. A yeah, new tour, call. right? Like yeah. stuff's going on. Uh, uh, some of the wealthiest people of all time, sports are golfers. So yeah. there's a lot of money funneling in there, and people are talking about golf and. If we're arguing about this, that means people care. Certainly, the most, we're certainly the most the most charitable donation of any sport and all of those kind of it things is. as well. Like there's that sort of beautiful um it's got a it's got a real solid presence in in the human experience across the globe. 
um, yes. which is which is really neat, yeah, for sure. And then that's why I guess we have to be careful. And I'm not saying you and I are going to protect anything here or what have you, but we have a perspective that that needs to be shared as we weigh what direction to to to, to shape this uh, this ship, as it were. Why do we play golf so much? What is it that's that's so compelling? I'll give you one one answer. I think it sure. has to do. I think it has to do with personal mastery and trying to make today better than yesterday. Hmm. Is, is that all? You got something else? No, that was my first one. And then I was going to pass That's it over to you. That's your first one. Yeah. Uh, it, to me, it's the comradeship and the laughter of the people. Like, golf is a hard game. That's the other thing. That's another topic for another one is that, you know, it's a hard game. A lot of people want easy. But for me, I, I guess because I used to play a lot, my game was my game has is not at that point is I've shifted what golf meant. Like it used to be competitive scoring low, but maybe it's, it depends on how old you are, or what phase you are in your time is, is it about score? Uh, to me, it's, uh, it's the comradeship has moved uh, uh, beyond my score, uh, which maybe surprises me, but I've felt that that's why I'm doing it. Now, the other thing is, you can play the same course and it's different every time. It's how you felt in the morning. It's, it's the wind conditions. It's, it's the person you're playing with. So there's diversity to the same, it could be the same playing field, but it's very different. Um, so I, I think trying to master the game and Martin Stewart's a good example is he's a great athlete, but you can't master this game, but you can keep trying and you're, and you're trying to do that. And I, and I agree with you that, that, in pursuit of that, you know, everyone's got, you know, breaking 80 or breaking 70 or doing it is, um, is that, you know, in the, in the end, there's so many different reasons why you golf, take one and there, it could be 10 or 15, but people are golfing for different reasons rather than one of score. I think there's sure. people who want more of that. I've had a person I golf out here and it, it's become his family because he lost his wife. So he comes to golf with his friends and that's a way of him kind of reintegrating into society and 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 also that five rounds of golf doesn't make them think of other things and that, and mm -hmm. I think that's they become your family members which is a good thing and there's different criteria then to your point it's just important to sort of identify what your criteria are and to live by that um, yes. that would that would be the the center lesson as it were I guess I'll, I'll throw in one more because you said uh, is that all you got the openness of it all, the opposite of a tennis court kind of feel uh, to yes. it. And not, not that, you know, you can't play tennis in really wonderful environments or uh, even a game like squash. I remember watching uh, one of the uh, tournaments that takes place in a, in a glass case in the middle of the desert in Egypt, you know, surrounded by the pyramid. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of actually a really interesting yeah, space yeah. space to play the game. But golf has that embedded without any, any artifice or synthetic uh, additions. It doesn't require lighting, it, you know, and all that stuff. It, it's just always like that always random and and very raw rugged nature surrounding you um and and a very 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 open space as well and i think i yeah, think that's I something especially as we begin to enter digital worlds virtual worlds more and more we uh, you might even in our traditional sense say sinking into those worlds the game of golf offers the the veritable antithesis to this it's just it's just exactly the opposite of that amazing how an hour can pass in a good conversation and yeah. I, uh, I look forward to our next ones so i would like to thank you and express my gratitude for you taking some time to join us in the pure golf collective um, yeah thanks john it's a wonderful uh 
yeah, it's a wonderful operation. We we gather together us all sorts of uh, enlightened types like yourself who who kind of share really interesting perspectives on the game of golf and ways of seeing that that others maybe um, hadn't seen yet. You know, so that's been great, and you delivered full value there. So thank you for that. Um, and I'll look forward to our continued friendship blossoming here. And um, and and again, just thank you sincerely for your time. Thanks a lot, John. Thanks, buddy. See you soon. Bye. Thanks again for your time and energy, Wayne. It's always great to hear your insights from your experiences uh, doing something that uh, not many of us get to do, even those who are uh, involved in the golf world uh, heavily. You get to bring uh, a new lens and uh, insights to the collective that we uh, we value very much. So, so thank you. One piece of housekeeping before we wrap up today's episode Picture of the week going to Julian Kolovecchia with a great picture of him down south competing in his first uh, semester of NCAA golf. Julian will be in touch with you. We got a dozen TP5Xs coming your way. We'll have to get the address and ship that straight over to Italy. Thank you for contributing and sharing with the Pure Golf Collective. And looking forward for more of you to share your pictures, showing and expressing all the reasons why we love this game. Check that out at puregolfcollective.com forms. Next week, John and I will be having a discussion, expanding on some of the themes that were touched on today and wrapping up the 2021 season uh, with concluding and reflecting on all the great experiences from the past 365 days or so. Looking forward to that discussion. And until next week, guys, Keep celebrating all that is pure in the game we love.